Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, amen. We truly don't want you to miss it, right? Amen. Would you guys stand up with me? If you'd open up your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. I've been in prayer for you guys this week. And I believe that God has laid something on my heart today for a time as this. We are definitely in our dream series, and I hope that you're praying either God gives you a dream, you make it through your dream, or you're getting ready for your next dream. Amen? We should always be in a perpetual motion. In this series, my dream, your dream, and God's dream. As we read this text, we're going to read about a woman with an issue of blood, and Jesus is actually on a journey to heal another young lady when this woman touches the hem of his garment, touches his garment, and it would seemingly see that the dream for the man whose daughter was sick, Jairus, his dream was delayed. But how many of you know God's got some timing that we don't understand sometimes? And uh, although his dream seemed to be delayed, his dream was still fulfilled of her being healed and her, uh, and also the woman being healed, as we'll read in the text. And one thing to consider is that your dream should never push somebody else's dream out of the way. God's a big enough God, He can have all of our dreams together and make it all come true. But the one that takes the most importance is God's dream in our lives. I don't think there's anything wrong with us having dreams for our family, for our friends, for our loved ones. Amen? Yeah, nothing wrong with that, but we better make sure it's weaved into the greater dream of God for our life. And then we can't go wrong. Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34. I'm going to read out the English Standard Version. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, and who had suffered under under many physicians, and had spent all she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus, and came up behind him in a crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed from her disease. And Jesus, perceiving himself, um, and Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned to the crowd and said, "Who touched my garments?" And the disciples said to him, "You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, "Who touched me?" That's pretty brave of those disciples to talk back to Jesus, but they did. That's, you got a pretty good relationship, you know what I mean? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And she said to him, or uh, she said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Good story. Let's pray. Father, our hearts are bowed to you as we endeavor to look into your scripture, illuminate our hearts and illuminate our lives. Use me this morning, we pray. Everyone says... Amen. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated. Wave at your neighbor. Let them know you're glad to see them. Whatever device you're streaming by, we are so glad that you're here. We love you guys at home, and we're praying for you. If you do not have a church home, we'd love to invite you here. This is a great place. If you do, then we pray that you will continue to go to that and be faithful. Here, it's interesting as we do this series, My Dream, Your Dream, and God's Dream. God has a dream for every one of us, and we know that we have a dream for ourselves and our family, and then we know that other people have dreams. And our hope and our desire is still that that dream will either be birthed inside of you, that you'll either walk forward in that dream, and you'll do it with hands wide open, knowing that God's way is the best way. 
And he doesn't want to cancel your dream so somebody else's can come true. He doesn't want to cancel somebody, cancel somebody else's so that yours can come true. But this is the caveat to that. We understand that that's through the biblical interpretation. That's because we're trying to please God. There's some evil dreams out there that God's going to cancel. Amen? So we're not talking about that. And we believe that. There's some evil dreams from people that are, that are gone half crazy. I better watch myself. Um, and God's going to cancel those dreams. But we're talking as, as people of God, as men and women who seek the face of God and turn from the world and ask Him to operate in our lives. Amen? He's going to do it. And as we read this story, I begin to see a bunch of positions that this woman took. Now, I'm going to mainly talk about three this morning. Positions that allowed her to be completely used by God. And in our life, if we're going to be extremely effective in the dream that God has called us to, if we want to be effective in the dream that we want to reach for, that we've had permission from God to reach for, then we have to position ourselves. If you've ever played any kind of team sport, or you've been in any kind of team event, or you work in the nature of a team where you work, you know that position is the most important. You have to have the right people in the right positions. Amen? If you've got a guy that is slow in the backfield and you hand him the football, he's going to get tackled nearly every time. If you have a guy out there that's supposed to run down the sidelines and catch the wide receiver and he can't catch a cold, wrong guy, wrong position, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that described me. I was a lineman for a reason. I tried to catch a baseball once, and that baseball went off that glove and hit me in the chin. Then I got hit in the head with a baseball bat when I was younger. I thought, man, at least in football I get to wear a helmet. I quit baseball. That's not my sport, man. Not my sport. Turned out I wasn't good for the position. But here we see a woman who is going after God, and she's positioning herself. What is the first thing that I see as I look into Scripture? She positioned herself. She had the position of hearing. In Scripture, verse 27, it says, She had heard the reports. Now, now I know I'm going to get an amen on this next verse out of... Sister Mary down here, okay, I know that, she, that I'm going to get her because she's into missions, and I know that this has everything to do with missions, but I think there's a twofold way that we hear. See, we want our life to be lived out in such a way that when people around us, they hear the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, amen? They hear it how we speak and how we live by our actions. Maybe we can go into a room and the Spirit of God will begin to fill that room just because we've been in His presence and lives be changed. They can hear the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, Romans 8 and 10, or Romans 10, verse 14. And then we will, how, excuse me, how then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they, how are they to believe in him whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear, hear without someone preaching? And Paul is writing to his Roman friends and he's getting them to understand that somebody must go and somebody must say something. See, this woman positioned herself in a place of hearing. Somebody had gone to her village. Somebody had gone to where she lived. Somebody had gone maybe to her, um, her neighborhood again to tell you and said, have you heard about Jesus, what he's been doing? And we know to this point that he was very popular because as he was going to heal this 12-year-old girl, when this woman with... A disease for 12 years had came to him. People were pushing all around him and trying to get up close and trying to understand Christ. And in this scripture, I love it because what Paul wrote happened in this young lady's life, in this woman's life. Somebody came and told her, have you heard about Jesus? To the unbeliever, if you want to get saved, you've got to be willing to hear the message of Jesus Christ. 
To us as Christians, have we, have we positioned ourselves to really hear what God is telling us? The questions that we can ask ourselves is, what have we heard? What have we heard God speak to us and hang on to that? Every one of us could go around in the room and know probably one time that God spoke to you directly. It wasn't necessarily an audible voice that was bravado from heaven or somebody come beating on the windshield or whatever kind of crazy stuff might have happened. But it could be driving down the road. It could have been in your living room. It could be walking in the sanctuary. It could have been at the altar. Wherever it is, you know God spoke to me today because we were listening. You, we were in the position to hear but my next question is simply, what have you tried to hear? See, God wants to reveal so many things to us, but he won't force it upon us, and we have to be willing to hear. But this woman positioned herself in a place of hearing, and that's how she got to live her miracle. I mean, think about this. Twelve years. Don't you think she dreamed of being healthy, of being whole? of being able to go places that she couldn't go before because they kept her at a distance because she was to some degree considered an outcast? But she had a dream in her heart, and she heard. See, that's what happens when we hear the voice of God. When we hear the voice of God and we share the voice of God, it sparks that hope. It sparks that initiative that, man, something still can be done. There was an old man, he was leaning into his wife. She was in a recliner, and he was leaning in, and he was wondering if she had hearing problems. I wouldn't try this at home. He goes, honey, can you hear me? She didn't say anything. Leaned a little further in. Honey, can you hear me? No response. Finally leaned way in and said, Honey, can you hear me? She came up. She said, Yes, I heard you all three times, man. That went over like a lead balloon, didn't it? <laughs> you guys break my heart. I hope you're laughing at home on the couch because I didn't get anything here. So let me explain it. Sometimes, sometimes it's us with the problem, not the one we think that has the problem. Right? It's not, Jesus is not talking, I'm not hearing. I'm saying, God, keep speaking to me, keep speaking to me. And he's talking the whole time. I'm just not listening like I need to be listening. And I better be in a position of hearing. Amen? Amen. All right. You can laugh later. Just laugh later. Thank you. Thank you for that. Number two, the second thing that I see is she had a position of mobility. And she came up behind him. I love the fact that she goes to where Jesus is. If you're looking in your dream and you're saying, God, I'm walking through my dream. I'm looking for a dream. I'm looking for clarity. I'm looking for direction. I'm just looking for courage to complete the dream that you've put into my heart. Then sometimes you have to go to where Jesus is. I understand that he will visit us where we're at. But we've got to go to that place where we hear the voice of God. Where we hear Christ speak to us. And that's what she did. She began to hear and then she began to mobilize herself and say, I'm going to go out one more time. Now think about this. I'm going to go out one more time into the crowd that had probably made fun of me. I'm going to go out one more time into the place that I felt like an outcast. I'm going to go out one more time. Why? Because I heard Jesus. I'm going to mobilize myself now we know that we can hear jesus in bible and prayer we know that and we got to go to those places we got to ask god go into your prayer closet you got to go to him and say i'm going to tune everything out what are you speaking to me maybe he's calling you to go somewhere and be a blessing you have to serve you have to give but you can't stay where you're at you have to get up and go and she had that position of mobility and when you get there, I love what Jeremiah says, and I love what the psalmist says. I love what Joel says. They all say the same thing. 
It's about when you get to that place, you seek him with your whole heart. And the promise is when we seek him with our whole heart, we'll find him. Once you find that place, you hear, you get mobile and you go, then make up your mind to be all in. And that's the third thing that I see from this woman. The third thing that I see is she had a position of dedication. Desiring is not enough. There has to be something that wells up with inside of me that drives me. To the non-believer, the first step for you is salvation. Giving your heart to Jesus Christ. For us brothers and sisters, there's going to take some physical dedication to reach what God has put in our hearts. In verse 26, it says, She endured much by many physicians. Now, we can't blame this on the doctors. The doctors, no doubt, were trying everything they could to heal her, but they were unable to do that. Their practice, their medicine didn't help her. But what does it say in Scripture that she went? She spent all that she had. Do you see the dedication to be healed? The dedication that she wanted to be whole? The dedication that she had in her dream? And that's what we must have too. We can't look back on people and say they're not doing enough whenever we got to look internally and say, God, am I doing enough? Am I going where you tell me to go? Am I doing what you tell me to do? It doesn't matter that the world doesn't understand. It doesn't matter that I have hecklers. It doesn't matter that people is not where I'm at. One thing that we learned this last week is this. Be careful because you don't always see what somebody else sees because you don't sit where they sit. See, God is doing something for this woman. As we talked about today, we sung today, fight my battle. She showed up and the battle was won. But if she would assume that God won't like me, he will reject me. I don't know if I can believe all of this stuff. It takes too much trouble to get up and go to where God is. Do I really want to dedicate myself to this? But instead, she fought against all of that and went and she won. The battle was hers. But we want to tell God what to do. The only problem with that is we don't see everything God sees because we don't set where God sets. And when we do set where God sets, we become our own God. It's very dangerous. It's no dream I want to be in. As Pastor said, that dream turns into a nightmare quickly because we are not that smart, amen? I know that you guys are some of the smartest people I've ever talked to, but compared to God, not so, not so. Physical dedication that we see in her going out. And then the next thing that I see is mental dedication. If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. She had purposed in her heart. She had purposed in her heart that she was going to go and be, be mentally. Yeah, I got some response out of you then. Yeah, I got that laugh. All right, it was just 30 minutes late. So that's okay. That's okay. Mental dedication. She had mental dedication. Okay, she had mental dedication. No, I see the same thing with Daniel in chapter 1, uh, verse 8 of Daniel, where he said he refused to eat the food that would defile his body. He had made up in his mind, he had purposed in his heart. And look what he did for the kingdom of God. And as we were singing this song this morning, and this was great because Waylon and I didn't even get to talk, but in Scripture, in Isaiah 6 and 3 and Revelations 4 and 8, it uses those words, holy, holy, holy. And now those are set aside for God and God alone. Whenever you say something's holy, then that's a lifestyle that you're trying to live. If you were to say, no, you don't understand, that person is holy, holy, then it could be leading to an experience that they've had that maybe other people haven't had in the presence of God, and, and you see something inside of them that makes them different. But whenever we say holy, 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 we're reserving that alone for God. 
And as I look at my dream, that's the pattern that I want to follow. I don't want to just tell God through dedication one time that you're invited into my dream. But I want to tell him again, God, you're invited into my dream. God, I want you to control my dream. Think about it. When you go over to somebody's house and they show hospitality to you one time, that's pretty nice, isn't it? But then again, they show something large in hospitality. You're like, whoa, whoa, you don't have to do this. And then the third time they walk out and maybe it's something amazing. And you're like, wow, you want to get up and start washing dishes for them, don't you? You're just so glad. That's what we do. Think about this. Whenever we say, Christ, I want you in my dream. Christ, I want you to give me my dream. No, I really mean it, God. I want you to be in the middle of this thing. God, if I haven't told you today, I want you to be in my dream. See, it's not over the top. Think about it. If God was involved with anything but himself, he would be committing idolatry. So going to God and being all about God being in our life is exactly what the requirement is. Amen? But here we see that we go to that place. Acts 17 and 28. In him we live and move and have our being. We live, we move, and have our being. You see how that begins to build? We live in Christ. Then we get our mobility. And then all of a sudden there's no other place I'd want to be because that's where I belong. So God, I belong in the dream, but I have to get that mental dedication. I have to get that physical dedication. Whatever it takes, God, that's the place that I'm going to be. Purpose in your heart. Purpose in your heart, whatever God has shared with you to keep going. There's a couple things that I want to share with you that I see in this that Christ, we can count on Christ for. As he looks at this woman, I love it because he says in verse 30, perceiving in himself. What does that mean? Well, that means that God understands. God understood this lady's need before she was ever there. He understands the dream that he's given you. He understands the dream that's in your heart. He understands where you want to be. We don't have to go into a place where we have to put on some kind of facade or, or fakeness when we go into, go, go into his presence. No, we don't have to do that. We just say, God, here am I. Do with me what you want to. I, don't, I know for me, I've had this struggle even in the past, and even I have to watch myself now where I'll go into my quiet time, my prayer time, and I want to be worshiping God at the beginning of it. God, you're mighty. God, you're holy. God, you can do all things. But really, my mind is centered on the other 17 things, these 17 position, uh, petitions that I need Him to help me with. And then what happens is that worship become, becomes inauthentic. And God doesn't want that. I'm convinced that he'd rather have three minutes of pure, true worship than 30 minutes of inauthentic worship. So whenever we go in there, God already understands. He knows what you're going to ask. Worship him and praise him. Absolutely, that's part of that petitioning. But then you get in there and you ask. And whenever your petitions do come and God does answer those, don't forget to go back and worship him a little more. Don't get caught up on the next set of things that you want him to do. Because he already knows. Hebrews 4 and 16, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We get to go into that throne room of grace and say, God, I have confidence because I'm in you, Jesus, and I know that you already know my needs. I know that you already know this dream. And some of you guys are thinking, Matt, the dream is too big. Congratulations, I think you're right where God wants you to be because you cannot do it by yourself. It should be scary. It should be overwhelming. It should be like, God, I'm trying my best to hear from you. 
that's a great place to be because God's going to move. God goes on, and what we see in Christ as the Scripture goes on, it says God, it says this in verse 30, the power has gone out from him. God has the endless supply of power. We see in this that God, the, the power went out from him. It didn't drain him. It didn't take all that he had. He didn't have to go rest for 40 days, right? He didn't have to do that. The power was still inside of him. And this is the thing. He's willing to use the power in him on our behalf. And I love it. But we have to be willing to go to that power, that source, Jesus Christ, and say, God, whatever you want to do with that power, you do it. We can't pick and choose. There was a pecan tree in a cemetery, and there were two boys. They worked all afternoon picking up pecans in a pail. They all had the same pail, and they sat across from each other. And they began to take one pecan out at a time and say, this one's for you, this one's for me. This one's for you, this one's for me. This one's for you, this one's for me. About that time, a little kid rode by on his bicycle and stopped. He didn't see any of the people, but he heard the voices. Well, he hops back on his bike and rides as fast as he can into town and finds his mom. He goes, Mom, you'll never guess what happened. He said, I heard God and Satan in the cemetery dividing up all the people. This one's for you. (laughs) This is the thing. How God uses his power, we can't say this one's for you and this one's for me. Amen. God, whatever you want to use your power in, whichever way you want to use it, I'm going to get out of the way because I want this dream to come true. Amen. That includes attitude adjustments. Anybody ever had to have a good attitude adjustment? Yeah. Thinking adjustment. And listen, it's not always this gross sin that's attached to our life. I was the most horrible person about preaching that. Oh, it's sin. No, sometimes it's not sin. Sometimes you're doing everything that you possibly can and what God has told you to do. All you need is a little thinking adjustment. God has to transfer something in your mind from one place place to the next, or he has to bring some revelation to you, and then you get back in the dream and do what you're supposed to do. He has the power to do that as well. Christ goes on here and he says, we are individuals. And I get that from verse 30. Who touched my garments? In the big scheme of things, sometimes we can feel like we're not individuals. We can feel like we're a number. We can feel like we're just a part of the bigger scheme. We look up to heaven. God, are you using me just to fulfill your purpose only? Well, I hope. I hope he is. But because of our selfish side sometimes that's hard to handle amen because that means he wants to do some stuff with me that i don't know if i want to give him permission to do or not and that's very very difficult but here he's in this crowd so many people and he turns around he says who touched me now we know the scripture talks about the sparrow falling from the nest and that the hairs are even numbered So we know that God looks at us as individuals. We are a part of his greater plan, but he knows specifically how to speak to us, how to move us from point A to point B, what we can handle and what we can't handle. And we should never lose our individuality. Now, I understand we have to have unity when we come together, but we should never feel like we're on an island all by ourselves and nobody cares because God sees us as individual. With all the people pressing in, with all the people doing this, he perceived that that virtue had left his body, and he turned around and he said, who touched me? See, whenever you get into the presence of God, he already knows your name, but he will entertain. We entertain the presence of God, but he will speak to us and say, what do you need? To Moses, it was the burning bush. You remember that? To Jonah, it was the well. Glad I'm not him. Elijah, it was the still small voice. Elisha was the cloak. 
He's hanging on to the plow. And Elijah comes by and pulls that cloak over him. I ain't never felt anything like that. He burned all the stuff and followed him, man. But God knew how to get his attention. To Peter, it was simply, follow me. Peter did it. Paul is a bright, shining light on the road to Damascus. But in all these stories, although they are all very different, the very same purpose was met, that we get on God's team, that we do what he says. But all of them were individuals, and he all brought them to the same point through their way. God knows how to speak to us. We're individuals. The final thing that I see here in verse 32 is that he began to look around. And I'm convinced that God's looking to be a part of our dream. God's looking for more of us to say, God... What is your dream for me? God, I want to walk in your dream for me. God, I want to walk in your dream for this church. I love it. And he looked around. He knew. And and I I wonder sometimes, and I don't want to read too much in this, but I wonder sometimes how he looked around. Because he knew the lady. I mean, he's God. So did he go, I wonder who touched me? You know? (laughs) You know how, how your parents get on to you when you're a little kid? They know that you did it. Do you have something to tell me? Right? And like this woman, no, I did it, I did it. (laughs) But I'm convinced that he's looking around. He wants us to invite him. But as Pastor mentioned so well last week, we've got the choice. Either we delay it, we accept the terms and conditions, or we hit delete. I mean, that are our only options. And we don't know what tomorrow holds, but it's on his terms and his conditions. But whenever we do that, we see Christ do something amazing in our life. We see the peace and the healing. In verse 34, peace to you. She came to, hear and feel, she came to him in fear and trembling is what Scripture says. How, how, how do you come to somebody with fear and trembling when they just healed you? Well, let's, let's explore this for a second. For 12 years, she had been healthy. For 12 years, she faced disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. How many times did she have to go out in public and explain herself that maybe she could continue on the journey? Maybe she couldn't go somewhere that she needed to. How many times? Then all of a sudden, when she got to the place where God could touch her, she heard about him, she got mobile and went to him, and then she got dedicated on the journey. All of a sudden, he touched her. And I would say I would be shaken too. In a half second, you've been healed from something that you've been struggling with for 12 years. And God can do that for each one of us today. We may have some wounds that's been bleeding, but let me tell you something, God can heal them emotionally and physically and spiritually, but we have to be willing and allowing Him to do it. Of course she came to Him fear and trembling. Think about it. God's doing something in your life through the dream that he's birthed in your heart, through the dream as you're a part of this church for the dream in your marriage or in your kids, and you're seeing it come into fruition. You should be shaking. You should be a little bit nervous because God is taking you somewhere you've never been. He's putting you on waters that you've never navigated, and this is a good thing because our reliance upon him. That's the reason why she came and threw herself at his feet. He wasn't mad at her. Peace. What was he saying? Calm down. I mean, she gets healed, and the first thing she does is she throws herself almost into a frenzy at the feet of Jesus. And what does he say? Peace. Calm down. I guess this is a good way to put it. Sister, this is a marathon, not a sprint. So calm down. 
and begin to minister to her. And with us in our dream, we can feel like that woman. We can feel like we're searching. Maybe you've abandoned your dream. Maybe you're feeling that loss of hope. Maybe you've been in that situation you can really understand her disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Maybe you can understand that embarrassing situation. Either you've been in it or you've caused embarrassment on somebody else. And without Christ, you can't get past it. But God wants to heal that. God can still return that dream. You may be in that spot, but He can still return that dream to you. Maybe you're in that place where you've got a glimpse of what God has for you, and you're a little bit scared. Man, in your life, you've never felt like this. God's burst something so big in you that anytime you talk about it, you feel like you have to explain yourself. Can I tell you that's a good thing? Now, we don't have to explain ourselves, but it's a good thing because whenever God begins to birth the impossible in us, we don't understand it sometimes either. People definitely won't understand it. So I don't know where you're at on which side of the dream, but God either wants to restore you or he wants to continue to take you through. Two things that I finally see in this story that I love. I see that she reached for him and Christ reached back. Now, many of you guys will know what I'm about to say, but for you don't, I hope it will be encouraging. She reached for the hem of his garment. Now, the hem of the garment was one seam that was woven all the way around, that was sewed all the way around. It, 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 it symbolized completion, the finished work of the tunic. And she reached for that. Now, in our life, we understand that Jesus Christ is the finished work. His death on the cross whenever he says it is finished. And this becomes very powerful because whenever they were doing the sacrifices, particularly on the Day of Atonement, after all the sacrifices where they were done, you know what the high priest would come out and announce to everybody? It is finished. What was needed to be done for you to be forgiven has been done today. See, she reached for the right him. She reached for H-E-M, you and I reached for H-I-M. But we have to be willing to say, God, I'm going to go to where you're at. I'm going to reach up to you, God. What, what do you have for me? And you might be saying, but Matt, you don't understand. My dream's busted. You've really done some bonehead stuff. Think about the thief on the cross. He knew the reason why he was on the cross, and he knew he deserved it. Yet in that moment of affliction, in that moment of pain, he looked over at Jesus and said, this man is really who he says he is. And Jesus, despite all the torment, despite all everything that he had gone through, looked at him and said, what, today you'll be in paradise for me, with me. Well, Matt, I don't know if I can receive revelation. You don't understand what I'm going through, man. There's been a lot of things that's happened, and it's scary in my mind, and, 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 and this has gone right, then it seems like this goes wrong, and I'm just in a place where I don't know if I can really understand or grasp a revelation. I've been a part of some stuff. I've done some things. I mean, I know that God is real, and I know that I'm saved, but can he really use me in a dream? I think of the centurion at the foot of the cross. The centurion was a Roman guard, a Roman commander, excuse me. He would have been in charge of 80 to 100 men. 
The way that he got that position is he worked for it anywhere from 12 to 15 years, most of the time. Now, if you know anything about the Roman military, they were brutal people. Can you imagine what he had seen in his 15 years? Can you imagine what he had told his men to go do in that time? Could you imagine what he had done himself in that time? And at that point when we think, God, can your revelation even touch somebody in that situation? What did the Roman centurion say? He looked up at the cross and he said, surely this is the Son of God. He had never felt the way that he had felt at the foot of the cross. And just like the woman who had reached to the hymn, we see that with the thief on the cross and we also see that with the centurion. Now, I'm not going to pretend like I know whether the centurion got saved or not, but what I do know is he had a revelation in his spot where he was at. So that revelation that you want for that dream that God's birthed in you, he can reach you right where you're at. Are you willing to listen? Are we willing to go where God goes? And then as he speaks to us, are we willing to be dedicated? Because all those are requirements. We don't have to be perfect. But for our healing, for the dream... For that vision, we know that God can give it to us. But are we willing to go to those places? Because he can work through anything to see that in our heart. Would you bow with me? We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory. And hope changes everything.